Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Planning your next Disney vacation for the summer? Visit Undercover Tourist, the trusted name in theme park tickets. Get into the park you love for less. Save up to $82 per ticket to the Walt Disney World Resort. With a hotel or a car rental edition, you can save up to 30% off your order. Visit UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast for the lowest prices on all Walt Disney World Resort tickets. Plus, Undercover Tourist offers a 365-day refund guarantee. That's UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and today we have a very special guest. You guys probably know him from his incredible, successful podcast, Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. He gets the best guests and is always on the front line spilling all the tea. So everybody, welcome Zach to the podcast. Hi, Zach. Hi. How are you? I am amazing. I am so excited to like be back in my apartment right now and like on Zoom and taping. I've been like traveling all month because I just wrapped my podcast tour. So it's nice to like see another human being via Zoom and like be recording the podcast again. It's always nice to come home after like a long trip. I mean, I've never done a tour. Like that's just so exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like really exhausting. And you were in like, there was some, you know, people on Twitter talking about how Marge was at your Oh yeah, And everyone was like, she doesn't talk to bloggers. And then like they posted the picture and you're like, can you guys like leave me alone? Yeah. I was like, first of all, if you're going to post a picture of me and like claim that there's some like conspiracy with Margaret, well, actually for context. So Margaret Joseph's appeared at our New York show. We just taped a, a show, a live podcast in New York and Margaret Joseph's was our guest. And she was booked for an event. She showed up in an event, totally professional, totally sweet. And then obviously people at the show were taking videos and pictures and posting them on Twitter. And then one person was like, oh, yeah. oh clearly she's talking to bloggers and she's got them in her pocket and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, first of all, there are plenty of photos from that event that you could have posted with me and Margaret if you wanted to play that. Like at least have my yeah. eyes in the picture, number one. And number two, like there's no conspiracy. She was literally booked for an event and appeared at an event. Like it's... Yeah. 
there's no she was fulfilling a job exactly <laughs> and she was great like come on yeah people are so funny especially housewives twitter like it's just a very very different world it's like it's kind of crazy so how did you get started with bravo like what was like your gateway into housewives into this world I love like pop culture and reality TV. I was raised by Flavor of Love and the Kardashians. Those are my oh. parents, Chris Jenner and Flavor Flav. What a combination. Yes, exactly. Um, and like, you know, I studied Us Weekly for a living. So I, it was just always something that I loved to do. I always knew that I loved being in front of the camera and entertaining people. And I originally started off doing stand up. And kind of like some YouTube stuff for a hot minute. And then I was like, no, I think, I think I'm going to be an actor. I think that's the, the life that's, that's made for me. I'm going to be Angelina Jolie. I'm in Los Angeles. And I ended up studying acting and realized like, it was just not for me. Like actors are terrible people. Not really, but like, you know, it just wasn't the life. LA is hard. LA is hard. It wasn't the life that I wanted. And so there came an opportunity where there was this new podcast studio about like seven years ago that was looking for fresh talent to kind of come in and talk pop culture. And at first I was kind of like, I'm not a radio person. Like who cares about my, I don't have a nice voice. And they were just like, just give it a try. And I was like, okay, like I can talk pop culture. I love pop culture. You know, obviously I don't think I want to do stand up forever. I definitely don't want to do acting, but I kind of like this form of entertainment and I like talking about mm-hmm. celebrities. Like I gush over them all day anyway. So I was like, sure, let's kind of give this a try. And it started off very like general pop culture and it didn't really kind of find a footing until I really leaned into Housewives and Bravo, which is just something I developed as I, my grandma and I, who I lived with until I was 25, always loved to watch trash TV together. I love and that. And so when I would go to work and come home at the end of the day, we would have all of our housewives shows lined up and we would kind of watch them together. And so that was kind of like our bond. And when I started to talk about that a little more on like Instagram and stuff, people, I noticed there was kind of like that niche audience. So No Filter eventually transitioned from like a general pop culture show to having this niche in Bravo land. And my first gateway, I think, was Real Housewives in New Jersey, the second season reunion, which was just gold. That's a great, great season to like dive if into as the first enter. one. Yeah, if you're going to enter house time. Because sometimes the first seasons, like granted, I think New Jersey is an exception, but they can be kind of tough. So like to get in on the second season, people have kind of got their footing. It's like a little bit more like people are ready to go. And that's a great, great one. Because then you got to see the push live. Yes, the push, the... The I mean, white tank top. And then you get to go back and then be like, what? There's a table flip? Like, you know, you just Jersey delivery. Yeah. And so right now, like, what is your, like, what's kind of, besides Housewives and Bravo, like, what is getting your attention celebrity-wise? Like, who are you, like, really focused on? Whose stories? Like, I, for last summer, I was, like, obsessed with Ben and J-Lo. I couldn't get enough. I've kind of fizzled out. I'm happy for them, but it's fizzled. I'm obsessed with the Kardashians. And lately I've become (laughs) more obsessed with Pete and Kim. Everyone loves Kravis and I get it. Like I love Kravis, but like seeing them at the White House Correspondents Dinner. I can't get enough. I her Instagram photo, like I'm living for it. Like at first I was like, come on, Pete Davidson. There's no way. I'm like, his dick is not that big. Like, or even if it is like, it's not, it can't be that great for him to just be, you know, getting all of these like superstars. But now I'm just like, no, I like him. I mean, I liked him with Ariana Grande, but I'm really obsessed with him and Kim and all of their cute Instagram pictures. I 
like on TikTok, there's so much like random footage from the White House Correspondence Center that they were just at that like I can't get enough of. I'm like the way that he's like holding her hands and like protecting her in the elevator. I'm like, Pete is very sexy. I've always kind of had it. I've always kind of gotten the Pete Davidson thing. Especially when he was with Ariana, I thought they were like endgame. Like yeah. I thought, I was like, they're never breaking up. They're never breaking up. But now he's with Kimmy and I'm so happy. And I guess all the Kardashian girls, because I'm also, I have like a love-hate relationship with the Kardashians. I guess they all are invited to the Met Gala tonight. Oh, yeah. And that's the first, because Chloe, I just saw the headlines that Chloe and Courtney just arrived in New York for the Met Gala this weekend, and they yeah. they haven't been before, right? Which is kind of crazy. Kylie and Kim, I know, mm-hmm. I know. I'm so excited to see what everyone's going to wear because I think the theme's really good. It's gilded glamour, so I'm like, how can anyone really fuck that? People up? are saying that Kim's going to wear the Marilyn Monroe dress. That's what everyone's saying, and everyone's talking about how she's shrinking her BBL. Because it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I guess Chloe's is too. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I just, you know, I can't get enough of them. (laughs) Really can't. I I love them. They are great. And the new show is way better than the (gasps) E show. The way that it's shot, the storylines that we get, like it's just so much more elevated that I was even kind of like, what can they really do differently that's going to be so, you know, different from Keeping Up with the Kardashians? And I love and look forward to the Kardashians more than I did Keeping Up. I do too. It's felt like super fresh and I like how they kind of break the fourth wall a little bit, like where they just have like on the spot confessionals where Ken like is talking to the camera and like, I mean, the whole thing about Roblox was just like, what a way to kick off the show. Like, right? what a plot twist. She was like, Saint, what's that? And I was like, oh God, she's about to sue them. Okay. Okay. She has all the money and all the resources to burn them to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's so chilling. I loved it. And so, okay, so you obviously host the super successful No Filter with Zach Peters. You just had a tour. You're doing amazing. Who is like your favorite guest that you've ever had? I mean, I literally just loved having Margaret on the show last week. It's so funny. People ask me that question all the time. And for me, I just always refer to the most recent interview that I've ever done, unless it's a bad interview. But like, I always, I don't know, I connect with people in such a different way when I bring them on my podcast and I like to have like real conversations. I always, listen, I know how to get the tea out of people. I've been doing the podcast for seven years now. I know how to get the sound bites that'll make the press headlines. I know how to get, how to salivate that bone that people have that when they watch Bravo, but I love like having conversations with people and I love kind of getting to know them and humanize them in a way that we don't really get to see on these reality shows. So I always I'm usually just in love with my most recent interview and you're only as good as your last interview. So I don't think that's a terrible thing. But so I would pick Margaret Josephs from last week because I think she was so sweet and kind and honest and open and took every question that came her way. And the thing about Margaret that I really respect is I feel like she's very self-aware. Like she's very aware of like her mistakes and like what she does wrong. And I mean, I think other people on the show lack that. So that's always, it's just refreshing to talk to Margaret like when because she's been on the podcast before and I mean she just the girl can talk she can talk talk. she doesn't hold back and I Uh -uh. love the candor and the like vulnerability that she has like she talks about her lawsuits and and I talk to her about that because I've you know been threatened with lawsuits as well when you have a big mouth like me how can you not 
And so she's like, listen, lawsuit, getting sued by somebody is a casualty of business. It's, you know, it doesn't mean that you're guilty. You know, sometimes settling is the best thing to do, not because you're guilty, because it saves you money. It's a smarter business decision. Or when it comes to like her affairs, she was very open about that. And she's like, look, was it great? No. Am I, does it look like I'm a homewrecker? Sure. But like, you can't break up a, a relationship that's unhappy. You can't ruin an unhappy right. marriage. It's already ruined. And whatever is going to come in and be, you know, the rock that breaks that or the straw that breaks the camel's back it could have been anything you know right who is like your dream guest Dorit I love I love 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 Dorit wow well I actually I would say my tell me why listen I know know. I know it's a hot take and the (laughs) no because I was a big Dorit girl for a while and then she lost me so get me back on the Dorit train I mean, I can say that I'm not on the train currently out of not out of loyalty because that's kind of what it is. It's not necessarily out of a deep appreciation as much as it used to be. But now it's kind of just out of loyalty. I love the fashion. I love the moments. I love that she's just so in her own head and her own bubble that like she's in (laughs) her own fantasy land. And I'm just like, fuck yes, give me all of it. Um, But I actually think my dream interview would probably be Erica Jane right now. I've covered oh. that scandal and that case so deeply over the past two years with the Girardi embezzlement scandal that I would love to just sit her down for two hours and be like, let's talk. Yeah. Cause I feel like she's also in the space, like where she's ready to talk. She like, needs- I feel like she's on Twitter and she's, her thumbs are, she's ready. The late night tweets are the best. Give me some wine and some popcorn and I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> I know she's, she tweets like the craziest thing. She's like, I woke up one time last week and it was like she was talking about like pussy and I was like I don't know what's going on like it's four in the morning right she just it's crazy. this morning and she's like if you're sleeping in past 4 30 in the morning then you're already behind I'm yeah. just like okay girl okay got it so I want to run through like some of the latest Bravo headlines and get your thoughts um yeah. the Nini versus Bravo NBC Andy Cohen lawsuit what do you think of that <sighs> I think it's a really challenging position to be in. It's hard because I don't want to believe that she's just like, you know, upset with the network and that, the, that you know, my thing is if you're going to throw out allegations like that, then I would hope that they are coming from a true place of I felt, you know, discriminated against and I'm not just a disgruntled former employee, you know, and I think in yeah. this case, the details are very challenging because none of her other cast members on her show have come out to corroborate any of this. And there there are plenty of them. The show's been on for, what, 14, 15, 16 seasons? That at this point, like, Candy's literally still on the show right now promoting the premiere that happened last night. There, Nobody else on the show has made those accusations mm-hmm. that to me it's, you know, I, it doesn't look like it's going to end well for her. And I also don't think Bravo... I think a lot of the times networks would settle in order to prevent it from going further or from having to pay out more money down the line. But I think in this case, Bravo is going to fight her on the ground of principle and being like, no, like this is a really big accusation. Nobody in our network has ever made such a strong accusation or made these types of claims before. And I think if Mm -hmm. anything, one thing we, I know we like to give Bravo a lot of shit, but one thing about Bravo is they really have put culture and diversity on their network. I mean, look at Shaws of Sunset, Mexican dynasties, you know, family karma. Like that's one thing they've actually been really better about than a lot of other networks. It's not like a TLC type of thing where they exploit all of these different crazy personalities. They've amplified and dedicated these shows. Shaws of Sunset was on the air for 10 years and Mm -hmm. it, it highlighted a 
you know, Persian culture that we haven't really seen before. So I think when it comes to diversity and culture, Bravo has been very great about that. And I think in this case, to be thrown with an accusation like that is really strong and unfortunate. And I don't think it's going to end in her favor. Yeah. And I mean, I just to echo everything you're saying, it's also hard as a viewer because you're just like, you've watched her kind of do this for a while now. Like she'll go on Twitter rants and it's hard because like she is friendly with Kim. Right. The last we saw them, they were together in November. So you're just like, wait, what's going on? I totally agree with you. And then what are your thoughts on the Fox Force 5 versus basically just Garcelle? (laughs) Erica throwing the book out, Dorit, Kyle, Rena. like what do you feel? Listen, from a reality TV standpoint, I love it. I think it's juicy. I think it's fun to watch. I also have very close sources to people in the Beverly Hills world that I don't know how honest and genuine the Garcelle and Sutton friendship really is. I think it's a friendship out of convenience and a friendship that we know Twitter loves. And so I think, you know, I don't... It's not as deep as we think. It's not as deep as we think. Like, Rinna, Kyle, Erica, Dorit, Teddy... They're all genuine friends and like ride or die for each other at the end of the day. I don't know how genuine and deep a friendship goes between Garcelle and and Sutton. You know, I also think, you know, you hear all the allegations about Kathy Hilton. And I'm just like, well, if those accusations are really true, then you would think Sutton and Garcelle wouldn't be necessarily riding so hard with Kathy. But it's like then you realize Kathy's been a fan favorite, you know, that it's like it feels like a very strategic game that we're trying to play because we're newer to this Housewives game. Whereas I think the Fox Force 5, they have a genuine friendship that they've developed and they've all sat in the hot seat and been grilled for different seasons and been Mm -hmm. the villain in their own right, you know, over the past few years. They've gotten that that beating from the show and from the viewers that I think that builds a deeper bond and friendship amongst them. And I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, how long that like Rinna has been on housewives (laughs) or how long Erica, because to me, they still, I'm still like, Oh yeah. Like they're not OGs, but I'm like, they've been on for a very, very long time. And I honestly forget. I'm like, wait, it's been like seven seasons of this. Like this is crazy. Uh, Yeah. So I totally, I mean, I love Garcelle. I'm a Garcelle girl. You know, I have a hard time with the Kyle and Rinna friendship just because when it comes to Kim, I'm just like, I don't get that. But then again, like, I'm not really in that situation. Like, I don't know the inner workings of like their relationship, but that's just how I feel about that. Um, (laughs) I think Kyle knows her sisters are crazy. I mean, the Richard sister. I mean, they were raised by Big Kathy. Like, I'm obsessed with Big Kathy. I've done like so much research on Big Kathy. Have you read House of Hilton? I've read a lot about House of Hilton. Like, there's a lot online about it. It's wild. Big Kathy, like, allegedly, like, slams women's feet in doors. Like, she's, like, she's fucking nuts. Oh, my God. Crazy. I just got a copy of House of Hilton, and I cannot wait to read it because I've been, like, oh. I'm, I'm newer into that deep dive, but I'm ready to go deep now. Oh, you brace yourself because the things about Big Kathy, because the way that they talk about her mother, their mother on the show is, like, they are so emotional about her and, like, they're so protective of her. And, I mean, from the book, she didn't seem, like, that lovely. Mm. she seemed like very you'll 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 see you'll see (laughs) 
You'll okay. see. And then what are your thoughts on the two Ronies? Because this is like very controversial. Some people are really happy about it. Some people are not happy about it. I personally think like the more the merrier. Like at this point, Bravo, just bring in whatever. I don't care. I miss Ro- I miss Real Houses of New York. I don't give a shit about seven new women. I don't care to invest in seven oh new women. God. Like okay. if it's Dubai or if it was Salt Lake City, that was different because it was a new, city, a new city, the whole new vibe. Like it was different. Um, Dubai is going to be different because it's a whole new culture. We're in another country, you know, very different. Whereas I just, I don't care to uh, to get a full reboot of, you know, I wouldn't even, like, people are always talking about, like, wanting a reboot of Vanderpump Rules. I don't even want that. Like, I would not. That was my I, next question for you. I, I was would like, not watch a reboot of Vanderpump Rules. I mean, if the old cast, like, I know it's Stassi in her book recently talked about Valley Rules was like a spinoff that was in the works right before she ended up getting fired. That I think I would be interested in because I have an emotional investment in those characters. Right. Same thing with Real Housewives of New York. My emotional investment is in those women. And I think that's why when you kind of mix up the cast a little too much, and I think that's kind of the fatigue that OC is, settle- is settling in right now is, you know, we're losing the people that we love. And I think the thing it's, it's like, can we really have the card a show called the Kardashians without the Kardashians, you know, right. like our attachment is to the Kardashians. So I think there are certain people that we have that emotional attachment with. I think like Vicky and Tamara were two of those people on OC and that yeah. once we lost them, it really kind of changed the formula. And I think Bravo is trying to like elongate, you know, this, but at some point it's like, when do we see the writing on the wall and think it's not necessarily about riding this train a little bit longer as much as it is developing an entirely new train that we're now going to jump on moving forward. Housewives, I mean, I would give it best five years before it really tanks. I would give it a solid three years, but I think maybe at best, it'll hold on for another two. Wow. That's a lot to take in right now. It's coming to an end. You really think that? Yeah. Wow. Why do you think that? I just think we're ready you know, Bethany's even talked about it in, in interviews when they ask her about yeah. returning to Real Housewives of New York. She's like, no, it's just that train has left the station. You know, you never want to be the last person to leave the party. And I don't think people see the writing on the wall. I think Ultimate Girls Trip and Winter House, like these types of mashup shows that are kind of mixing things up, make things exciting and make things interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's like at some point, like we're kind of just watching the same formula on all of these different shows now. Like every housewife show, you know, there's going to be drama, you know, there's going to be a vacation. Like it's all becoming so predictable and it's Mm -hmm. just like we're ready for whatever is next we're ready for the next thing that's going to be exciting that's going to keep our interest and right now we're still following a lot of the same formulas or we're still trying to hold on to some of those original formulas that it's just i know people don't like when i say housewives is going to end in five years but i'm telling you it's better to brace yourself for the impact now so that when it comes you're ready for it. I will be bracing myself moving forward. I will look at all of this very differently because in my mind, I'm like, this is never ending. This is never ending. Like well, I just- too. You wanted to end on a high. high. You never okay. want to end on, and, and that's why I think it's smart to maybe cap it off at three years because at that point, you can still be like, we went out strong and housewives will go down in history. You never want it to be the one that continues to circle the drain to the point where ratings are so bad because it's so unwatchable. Yeah. I think the part that I totally agree with you on, I mean, I can see what you're saying for sure, but it's the idea that like now we know how production works. Like yeah. we know when the trips are coming, we know when this is happening. And I think social media really has like played a huge role in like the 
I don't want to say the downfall, but just like the it kind of makes it less exciting because it's like, oh, I know that they're filming right now. I know that they're going here. And then you have like everyone involved. It's just, yeah. And then you have all the chatter on Twitter and all the sources and all the stuff. And then it's like, you know, everything that's going to be happening before it airs. And then if it airs a certain way. Then you're like, well, what about all those rumors I heard back then? Were those not true? Were those lies? Or is there, you know, some creative editing that's happening? And even the stars now are talking about, like, I just had Craig Conover on my show and he was talking about how he didn't watch this most recent, he doesn't watch any of the shows. He's like, because I lived it and I know what really happened. And then I stopped watching them because then I see the edited version and it's not a reality. It's not something that actually happened most of the time. It's like a a rehashing or a, a convenient editing of whatever storyline they're trying to play out that season mm. which is natural on a reality show you have to have storylines that people get invested in yeah craig recently blocked me <gasps> why yeah i'm not a fan really <laughs> no why? he's like a pathological liar yeah yeah so i don't i don't love craig love what he brings See, i like i like cute hot pathological liars like craig is my type if you're oh. emotionally unavailable and you're gonna treat me badly and leave me on red like oh panty drop like, you know what? I love emotionally unavailable men. Like it working, working currently with my therapist on that. Cause I'm like, listen, we need weird patterns. Um, I'm noticing there's a severe pattern. And then she's like, well, maybe it's you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like probably is. That's so funny. (sighs) Craig. Yeah. Recently blocked me. So that one stings a little bit. Cause I hate getting blocked even by people I don't necessarily like. Um, and I have to ask you, you did touch on this a little bit the Vanderpump rules, do you think that it will come back? I don't think it's coming back. I mean, I think at this point, we it's may weird have we haven't heard anything. It's weird we haven't heard anything. It's weird the cast hasn't heard anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, could we have like a Vanderpump spinoff, like a, a Valley Rules? You know, that I would was, watch that was, the fuck out of that. Exactly. Could <laughs> we do that? I, like, I think maybe they're trying to watch how Stassi's comeback tour kind of plays out now that she's doing the book and now that, you know, she has an audience behind her and maybe integrating her back into that formula might be something that would work. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot up in the air at the moment, but Vanderpump rules. I don't know if I see that necessarily coming back. Yeah. I just, I'm so invested in the lives of the Vanderpump rules people. Like it's been 10 years and we've really watched them like grow up and now they have like babies. And then uh, this would happen like the off season, everything goes down with them. We've got Randall and Lala, Raquel and James, but I don't really care about Raquel. I'm sure she's a nice girl. Then we have like Katie and Tom, like, I get the cameras up. There's so much. There's going- so much going on. We're not filming this right now. Like this is the content that we want. We're all glued to our phones waiting for it to unfold. You know, and again, it's there's the emotional connection there. If they brought back Vanderpump Rules tomorrow with the seven new servers that were hungry, I'm like, I, I'm not interested. I already saw that. I already subscribed to that. And now like if you're going to bring- and you can't recreate the magic that was the first season when they were chain smoking in the back alley with their little bandana dresses on. Like, you know, Sheena's got the boot. Like, you can never 
like make that again. That was like magic. They were monsters back then. You know, that that's what that's what we that's what we love. Somebody going on a reality show tomorrow will not be that true or genuine or authentic because there's too much of the chatter and there's too much of the inner self-awareness. And I can't say this and I can't do that. Whereas at that point, they were young, dumb, stupid and hungry that they were just giving us everything. We will never have that magic again. Oh, never. I rewatch those seasons a lot, actually. And that's always like people always ask me on my Instagram, like, oh, my God, I just got broken up with like I'm so heartbroken what do I do and I was like watch old episodes of Vanderpump Rules because your life is not as bad as theirs Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind here's to the great American settlers the millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills of course there is something else you could do if you got something to say start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Planning your next Disney vacation for the summer? Visit Undercover Tourist, the trusted name in theme park tickets. Get into the park you love for less. Save up to $82 per ticket to the Walt Disney World Resort. With a hotel or a car rental edition, you can save up to 30% off your order. Visit UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast for the lowest prices on all Walt Disney World Resort tickets. Plus, Undercover Tourist offers a 365-day refund guarantee. That's UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast. Okay, so the Summer House trailer just came out. And I need to know, like, where do you stand with just, like, current Summer House people? Like, are you Team Sierra, Team Lindsay and Danielle? What are your thoughts? It's so hard because it's, like, I'm not Team Austin. I would bang Austin and I would get heartbroken by him and it would make myself happy. But, like, I can't, like, I don't, uh, I like Lindsay and Danielle, and I think Lindsay is just very messy in general. I love Lindsay. She's probably my favorite on Summer House, but she's just so messy and not aware of how much she can wreck other people's lives and situations. She claims that she didn't know that Sierra was really into Austin. Sierra claims that, like, she really thought that she made that clear. So I think with their beef, I don't think I'm on either team and i say this okay. a lot, like when it comes to like housewives feuds or whatever i'm usually team the show and team the show means if there's conflict i like that they're fighting and i like watching that they're fighting and i don't need to pick a team like i have no skin in the game to need to pick a team um and i think they're both wrong i will say that like i think Lindsay was a little reckless but i also don't think sierra like i think we've all been the sierra in the sense that like we've all fallen for a guy for- that thought was one that we thought was a great guy that was clearly yeah. not a great guy that we didn't listen to our intuition with. And two, I think we've all fallen for somebody more than we probably should have and more than we've probably disclosed, but allowed ourselves to develop those kind of deep emotional feelings. And it's like, can you really be mad at Lindsay when she, all three of us are single in this situation? You know? Right. I, I mean, I just want everyone to just be mad at Austin, you know? I'm like, Danielle and Sierra should not be fighting and throwing wine at each other at this table. No. They should be throwing wine at Austin or Craig no. Proxy. Well, and then on the, on the trailer, it comes out that Sierra has hooked up with Austin, like, since all of this happened. And Andy was like, wait, what? Like, come again? Yep. I'm like, Sierra, she's down bad for him. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, the like, way Lindsay went to watch <sighs> live with Austin when he was like, yeah, I think Sierra is a better kisser and I think Sierra is a better lover and all of those things, right? As Lindsay's right in front of him. So it's like they keep going back to him <laughs> and they keep giving him opportunities to be better and he's never going to be better. He's a grown man. He's not going to change at this point in his life. I know. I think people forget the ages of some of these people on these shows. <laughs> Like, I remember when I found out that Jax is older than Teddy Mellencamp, and I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, we still think that they're, like, in their 20s, and they're, like, 40. Yeah, Austin's, like, 35, I think. Yeah, Yeah, so that's, like, so crazy to me. And I just think that I wish that they would have just kind of done what they had, what Sierra had done with Hannah in the Luke season, was, like, they both kind of teamed up against Luke. And was like, you're clearly the problem here, not us. And Sierra just didn't do that. I think Paige and Sierra have something against Lindsay that runs like so deep. And I'm like, what the fuck is it? Because they hate her. Like stirred up a lot of that fight that night. Like Paige pumped up Sierra. I was shocked. And go out there and let me wind you up. And then she's sitting there. If you look at the, if you actually pay attention to the stills from that, Paige is just sitting there with this grin on her face, just watching this all unfold before it all really blows up. And she's like, whoa, like she really stirred the pot on that one. She really did. And I, it kind of made me a little disappointed in Paige, because I was like, come on. Like, I thought I thought she was, like, a little better than that. Um, but then again, I'm, like, so happy because it's for the show. And I, you know, I love mess. And then who do you want back next season? On Summer House? Mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't mind having them all back, except for who's Alex. Is that the one we don't, we see and don't she see? She did say yeah. Austin looked like a Honda Civic. And I thought maybe Alex has something in him. <laughs> Maybe if we actually gave him his airtime, yeah. he, he could do something with that. Because we keep editing him out of episodes. And I'm like, this poor guy filmed. And then they literally just edit it as if he's like out of town somewhere. And he's like in the background. I know you see him in the background with his like little like mic pack on. I was like, poor Alex. <sighs> Who else? Andre, I can do with that. I, listen, I love Paige. I love Sierra. I love Lindsay. I actually like Danielle, and I was not a Dan- Danielle fan from the beginning. I think Carl can be like a supporting role as Lindsay's boyfriend. Like, I would be interested in their relationship together. I like Amanda. Kyle's, I'm kind of getting over Kyle a little bit. I mean, but Kyle is the show. Kyle and Lindsay to me are the backbone of Summer House. Like, they really started the show. They have like a genuine friendship with each other. And I think that that's like what keeps the show like grounded. The Kyle and Amanda situation, it's so hard to talk about because they end up getting married. So you're just kind of like, okay, like I can be upset that they're fighting about this and have a marriage contract, but like they got married. So it is what it is. Like, how much can you really say? Yeah. I mean, would you want Craig to be on the show full time? I know. I think Craig is good in the position that he's in. Like, I can be done with Austin. We do not need to bring Austin back to Summer House. Like, we can leave him out for good. We can get rid of Luke. Like, why is Luke here? Like, he needs <gasps> Luke's to look such like, a flop this year. Why is he here? I mean, other than wrecking no. Hannah's life, like, he brings nothing to the show now. I don't, he wasn't even great on Winter House. Like, he literally didn't give us much other than chopping wood and taking his shirt off and looking hot in moments. Like, there's literally nothing Luke brings to the show. I know. Unless he's like dating or fucking someone in the house, he's really not, there's really nothing going on there. No. And I don't think 
And he's also just so dumb because even when he was like sleeping with Hannah or leading on Hannah, he was just like, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Like production told me to invite her to see my family. Like he just is so oblivious to his own fuckery. Yeah, but, you know, hopefully he grew a little bit because he did try to have a conversation with Austin and then Austin did tell him to go make some maple syrup. And while I did think that that was funny, I hate Austin so much that I was like, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, how dare you? How dare you talk to Luke like that? (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely want to have Maya back. I really wasn't so sure, but I really like her, especially how she's like handling post-show, like Like, the things that she's saying and how open and like candid she is. I really, I'm enjoying it a lot. I didn't think I was going to, beginning just because i was like i don't really like anytime somebody's new you're just sitting there and judging them but i really like my i would want to bring her back yeah she seems fun and her cookies are really good i don't know if you've ever had (laughs) they're delicious chocolate chip ones so good super exciting the real houses of atlanta premiered last night guys this premiere gave me everything i was smiling the whole time i was watching i was so happy to have these women back on my screen like Seeing Sheree Whitfield make her appearance. Then you have Marlo with the peach, finally. I mean, fucking finally. This woman finally got her peach. I I was thrilled. What did you think? I agree. I think love Sheree. Love, I mean, it's about, I think Marlo is finally going to be stepping into her glory and good for her. I think, you know, I, I don't know. According to Kenya, Marlo's the villain this season and it could go either way. Like the ego could be there of like, I earned this. I'm, you know, I got my peach now. So that that is a possibility. But I think we need to do this more with Housewives where we take a longer pause in between the seasons and like yes. it's a chance to miss them again. This is why I think when like we're uh, Real Housewives of New York comes back and we have like that legacy show, we're going to be so invested in it. And I think even the women, because look at what happened with like Miami. Miami, we took them off the air for so long. We made all of those women so hungry to come back that when they came back, they delivered. And when it came back, we had a chance to like really want to embrace it. And I think that's what makes the Atlanta premiere so good. I know the Atlanta premiere had some mixed feelings from people online that some people are like, oh, it really wasn't that good. I'm really looking forward to Beverly Hills. But I, I don't know. I think it was a good it was a good start. And I'm excited to have Sheree back. I'm so excited to have Sheree back. And I was I got to be honest, I was a little bit apprehensive just because the way that she went out last time was kind of like a fizzle. And I was like, well, do we really need her back? But I mean, her commentary, just no one. No one matches Sheree Whitfield commentary when she said that Marlo looked like one of those strawberry candies i was like oh god i just love her so much because the thing with sheree is that it just comes off so natural like it's just like a natural like read and she just doesn't really think much about it she just kind of says it and i just like i god love her and candy seemed more invested and i i'm very very into the ralph drew drama like very yes I can't get enough. I liked Drew last season. I know a lot of people were not a big Drew fan and they didn't want her back. I actually enjoy Drew. Here's the thing. I didn't not enjoy her. I totally understood like what she brought to the show, but I was like, what's going on? I just think that whole season was kind of tough. Like it was just a tough, tough season. And I completely, completely agree with you on the taking longer in between seasons, because sometimes like you need natural storyline to develop. Like I can't watch these women like with their fake businesses anymore, like just for a story. Like Gina, no one's buying your skincare. It's not happening. I just like, it gets, like you said, it just kind of gets like a little old and tired and you're just like, you know what 
you're going to expect. So I, I mean, they really made us, they made us want Atlanta. And then of course, like Real Houses of New Jersey, the reunion is this week. I can't wait. I cannot wait that trailer for the reunion. So I mean, we get a walk off. Like Teresa stands up. She calls her brother a baby bitch. I'm like, what's going on? Are you, are you a tree hugger? No. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I know what Teresa brings to the show. And I totally. like Teresa in that sense. And like, she is a great antagonist. She's never going to be the protagonist. <laughs> Though we did root for her for like a minute after the the Jude- Joe Judai stuff. But I think I'm definitely team Margaret in all of that drama. I'm team everybody else but Teresa. I think she is just has such a big ego and can be so delusional sometimes that it's like. <sighs> I know it's and I am. I'm someone that always sees the gray area. Like I'm never someone that's just like, I'm fully team this person and every single thing that they do or say is a hundred percent in the right. So I have, I struggle with tree huggers, especially on Twitter Oh, because it's so scary over there. Like if you even have like one slight criticism of Teresa, they're like, we'll burn down your fucking house. Like off with your head. That's like fans. Yes. Like, it's just like you. So it's hard. Like, you can't really have an opinion online sometimes, which is like a little exhausting, especially when like that is part of like what we do is like communicate and yeah, like I, I say get, what how we feel. Yeah, I get dragged all at this. Oh. Time. Like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It doesn't even phase me anymore. But so with Teresa, like I get what she brings to the show. I understand that she is like the OG of housewives. Like when I think of a housewife, I think of Teresa Judice and Nene Leakes. But I mean, it's frustrating to watch and it's frustrating because it's like so repetitive. Like at the last couple of seasons, I'm like, okay, everyone's just fighting with Teresa. And it's, I mean, I, I'm loving it, but it's like where we got to, we got to add some new blood. So I'm glad like with the rumors of New Jersey, I'm a little disappointed about the Jackie demotion, if that's true, because I feel like she was so open and so vulnerable and her storyline this year was like so real. And I'm like, and then they demote her. I don't know if she's disappointing. That is kind of disappointing. I don't know if it's true. I don't, I mean, I can see it kind of working out in the sense that like, I think she could be a good supportive role. I think she's given us the most storyline she's probably going to give us. We've gotten into her marriage. We've gotten into her eating disorder. Like there's not much more for us to personally explore with Jackie, but Mm -hmm. she also fits into the show with these women so well that she can be a good, like Kim G, Kim D, you know, where you kind of, you come in, help kind of keep the pieces moving within the drama that I actually think she might thrive more in a friend of role with the opportunity of maybe down the line coming back in a full-time capacity. Yeah. I, I'm just, I was just disappointed because I really love Jackie and I connected so much with her story. And I was, so when I saw that, I was like, "Ugh, are you fucking kidding me? Um, but yeah, I guess that they're trying out a couple new women, like one of Marge's friends, Jennifer's friends and Teresa's friends, which I think is smart. I think I would love to have a Jennifer friend because that's so kind of random and it like you never, cause she's not going to be loyal to Teresa automatically and she's not going to be loyal to margaret she could just kind of go anyway and i really jennifer needs a friend because she has Teresa and she has dolores i guess she doesn't have dolores anymore i know 
but she had them and they were not loyal to her at all. Like they would like let her burn there and they would just be like, well, Jennifer, like you did that. Whereas at least with Teresa and Dolores, like Teresa can be a monster and Dolores is like, that's Teresa, you know, you yeah. got upset. It's like, what? No, whereas nobody did that for Jennifer that I would love to see anybody just take Jennifer's side and things just to see how that plays out. Cause Jennifer goes strong and Jennifer can take it this season. She really went through it, but I think she can take the heat because she spits it out so much that it would be nice to see her with a friend. It would also be nice to see, well, I guess Margaret already kind of has friends on the show, but I guess if she's losing Jackie, I know. And then people are a little upset. People really hate Melissa Gorga. And I don't really get it. I don't get the hate. I don't think that, like, yeah, she doesn't have, like, riveting storyline every year. Like, the baby thing was a little weird. But, I mean, I think she's important to the show because of the Teresa aspect. Because they need each other, whether people want to believe that or not. She makes her and Joe make Teresa tolerable. Because they're not saying something. Yes, they it, mm-hmm. it, it humanizes her. It balances her. It brings more dimension to Teresa's character to have the two of them. So I think we can't get rid. Like, is Melissa the most amazing housewife ever? No. Is she the most exciting? No. Is she pretty? Sure. She's very pretty. Beautiful woman. Doesn't really bring much to the table in terms of, you know, storyline or even conflict and stuff. You know, we see her this season and she doesn't really pick one side or the other. She's kind of stuck in the middle. So she doesn't Mm -hmm. much, but she still does so much that we don't see. Yeah. Like she's just instrumental. Like she's, I call that, I call her an essential worker. Like she is (laughs) just like, she's someone that you just need on the show. I find Dolores the same way. Like people are always like, what does Dolores bring? I'm like, what? Are you guys okay? I'm like, Dolores to me is so hilarious. Her and Frank, like they just make me laugh. I'm so invested in their like friendship slash relationship. And I guess he doesn't really like her new boyfriend, Polly. So I'm down. I want to watch that. Like I'm very invested in the Real House of New Jersey women, like as a cast. Yes. But I'm not really with Orange County right now. Orange County, here's the thing about the the season of Orange County, how I feel. Like I, I thought this season was good. Was it the best season I've ever seen? Was it the best like refresh of a cast I've ever seen? No. But I think they're trying to find their footing again. Heather Dubrow, I I said last week on the podcast, I said she's insufferable, but I need her to keep filming because we need people like her. We need people like Noella. I mean, Shannon, I really want Tamara back. Yeah. I would love Tamara and Kelly Dodd back on the show. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> would be explosive. Kelly Dodd. You would want Kelly Dodd back on the show. Imagine. Kelly Dodd with Noella and with Heather Dubrow and just, and Tamara. Like, I think the four of them on one cast together would be insane. Sparks, chemistry, drama, maybe a table flip. I know it's a hot take. I have a lot of hot takes, but I think it would really. I feel like that's, you told me that in your mind, Housewives is ending in maybe three years. And then you tell me Kelly Dodd, you want Kelly Dodd back on the show. What are, what's your hottest take? I don't know how much more I can take of this. If we're going to, if we're going to try to make it last the next three years, we have to do something or else the burn is going to be very slow and painful. Okay. So what do you think, what do you find is like your hottest take? Like if you post it on Twitter, what do you think people would like roast you for? Kelly Dodge should come back to OC. Yeah. Erica Jane is not guilty of any of the 
the stuff that happened at Girardi Keys. And I don't think she even knew much about what was going on. I get a lot of heat for that one. What else? Kathy Hilton's a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Did you watch Paris in Love? Yes. Dark. Yes. That family is riddled with darkness. And like, I love Paris and I loved Kathy Hilton on Beverly Hills, but I did not like the Kathy Hilton we saw on Paris in Love. And I also don't love Paris's husband. No, I just... Something's off. I didn't see it. I didn't Mm. feel it. I wasn't convinced. I wasn't by any of it. I was like, this is a joke. I Because I really, really liked Paris's documentary. And I thought we were, that's more of what we were going to get. And that's not what we got. No. That's not what we got. I don't see them lasting. I don't either. There's something so off to me. And maybe he's just like not used to being on camera. I like, I totally get it. And it's I mean, not, I've. It's her too. Like you see something off in her too. Where she. Yeah. He doesn't really want to be there, but it's also kind of just like, well, we still- I also am just like, I, I mean, if she doesn't want to get married, because that's the vibe I got is she's just someone who would never want to get married, but I feel like she feels like she has to because she's like, I want to get married. I want to have kids because I feel like she feels like, or no, she just wants to have kids is what I meant. So I'm like, maybe that's why she feels the pre- pressure to get married. I don't know, but Kathy Hilton was so scary. Wasp. like him. No, Kathy. And I don't think Nikki did either. Just the vibe that I was getting when Nikki was like, what? Well, it wasn't even, th- there was even a moment where Paris is like, I don't know if I want to get married to him after all. And then Kathy and, and, and Nikki were both like, all right, let's, like, it's time to cl- close up shop. Let's get her out of this. And yeah. She decided to move forward with it. And they were like, oh, okay. Oh, um, getting her out though. <laughs> you know, but the Erica Jane thing, I do kind of agree with you on that because like, I, I, I'm just on the fence. Like, I'm just one of those people that, like, I don't think she did it. I don't think she did do it. I think there's, like, maybe somewhere in between. Like, but I also think, like, when she, when you're married to someone like that or when you're in a relationship like that, you are taught not to question things. And I always like to remind people, they weren't married for, like, four years. They were married for, like, a really, really long time. So it's, like, that that also needs to be taken into account as well. Like. Yeah. It's like being in Los Angeles and seeing how common that's that's a tale as old as time. Young, blonde, pretty woman marries rich, older man. And it's less of a relationship as much as it is, you know, a part like understanding partnership. Yeah. yeah. Partnership and the power dynamic is so different. It's different when you're like both 20 and you fall in love and you build your lives together. But mm-hmm. when you're younger and you have this older man and he has all this power and he has all this money, whether he says it or not, or you say it or not, there is a feeling of inferiority of like, I, I like, who am I without this man? He is my money. He is my bread and butter. He is my life. And it's just like, you. I think you can easily fall into this rhythm of like, life is good. The bills are paid. Who am mm-hmm. I? To, like, I'm just going to turn the other cheek. And as long as my credit card doesn't get declined at Neiman Marcus, I'm just going to keep smiling and keep, and keep up you know, the image because what else do I have or what else is better out there for me? You know, and I think especially when you're in the relationship for so long, you kind of just fall into this condition of just being like, this is as good as it's ever going to get. Yeah. And I, I mean, when I watched The Housewife and The Hustler, I didn't realize how well connected he really was like so this wasn't just a lawyer like this is someone that had connections in politics to judges to this to that and i'm like okay like this is a lot bigger than just like you know an ambulance chaser like type of lawyer like he's like you know 
he had he w- or was the real deal of people thought he's been doing this for decades way before and when you look into the past when you look into his previous marriages when you look at how things went down with his ex-wife like it's a lot and it's like he's been doing this for a while because even at first i was like when it for the scandal first broke i was even trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and being like did it just kind of snowball out of his hands and like you know but the deeper i dug and the more i looked into this and the more i talked to people on my podcast and off my podcast like there are many conversations that i've had like with former clients and stuff that you know I, i've gotten their sides of things too and from what i've gathered like this was a dark deep insidious you know Mm-hmm. situation that he had brewing and the lawyers and the people that worked at his law firm were very complicit in what was happening. She was never a part of the law firm. So I think with her, I get it. She's tone deaf now. And I get it. She could acknowledge these people that have been wronged by her husband. And I think maybe eventually when the dust settles, she'll look back in re- retrospect and be like, yeah, I could have handled that a lot better. But I think right now she has this tunnel vision of just trying to survive. What's She's going just on. defensive. Yeah. And it, and it, confuses people they don't know what to do with it because it's like with jen shaw she's just like not admitting any guilt but is kind of being like more that that, when you look at the 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 details of that one that (laughs) that one's bad that one's like i think we're a little delusional here like erica i think erica's erica's not being like um charged right jen shaw has been charged like we're just awaiting things yes she's been investigated by the feds for many years yeah she was being investigated and as she was being investigated started to tweak her business practices like my thing is it's like when you realize that the ftc is getting on you and then you decide to switch your communication from regular text message to encrypted messages that tells me you're trying to hide something like you know when yeah things like that happen it's like no i actually think you know she thought she was gonna get away with this i think yeah out of her hands but then i think at some point she decided this is the life that she wanted and rode with it and that she did guys this was what a ride i love picking your brain because you are so well versed in like this world and i like respect your opinions even when i don't necessarily agree with you i.e kelly dodd um <laughs> because she attempted to dox me on twitter yeah she's very scary she she picked the wrong samantha oh. she like taught, i felt so bad like this random samantha with the same last name as mine like oh. got doxed i was like oh so sorry yeah that was me yeah. So tell everybody like where they can find you. I know you have a wine line, which is incredible. Yes. So my podcast is called hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. It's available on all podcast platforms and available to watch on YouTube as well. And I have a housewives inspired wine collection. It's a fizzy white wine and a fizzy rosé with four fun designs that you can choose from. So this one that I have right here says cut back mm-hmm. drinking or what or <laughs> And it has a little diamond on it with a little crown. I have other ones inspired by Salt Lake City, Atlanta, New Jersey. So we just had uh, your husbands in the pool that I drank with Marge last week. So those are all available at nofilter.com. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And you guys, as always, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me on Instagram at Bravo Historian and at Take Yourself on Twitter. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. 
On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.